The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, it's Patrick Starr. I'm coming straight to you with my very own podcast. Say yes to the guest. I'll be hanging out with some of my fiercest friends and spilling some serious tea on business, beauty, and being a boss-ass bitch. With me, baby, you'll never know what will happen. Find Yes to the Guest on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are played. Start streaming and downloading now. And don't forget to subscribe because every Monday we're going in. We got so much to chat about. So turn it up and say yes to the guest. Yes. Yes. yes! Welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Hewitt. In this episode, I'm joined by Jamie Kern Lima, who started It Cosmetics in her living room and eventually sold the company to L'Oreal in a billion dollar deal. Jamie became the first female CEO of a brand in L'Oreal history and is also on the Forbes richest self made women list. But her path wasn't easy. She was told no so many times along the way. Keep listening to hear her story of rejection to billion dollar brand and all about her new book, Believe It, available now. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. Mariana, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a big moment and I'm excited to share it with you and your community. Uh, Before we get into your career, your new book, I just want to tell my listeners a backstory about how we met because I just recently shared a picture of us from the first time you met. And I think it speaks so much to you, your personality, who you are, how you talk about, you know, a plus one and bringing a friend to the table. So um, Women's Wear Daily has an annual beauty awards. I was so nervous to attend. Um, I was receiving an award that time, but it really was my first time transitioning kind of from being an influencer to brand founder. And so I was so used to going to influencer events where I knew so many people. This was my first time walking to a beauty industry event. I was so nervous. I walked in. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know how to fit in. And that morning, Women's Wear Daily actually announced that we were coming out with Summer Fridays. After I got the award, you were the first person that came up to me. And my eyes are watering thinking about this because you congratulated me We took a photo together, but your energy was so authentic and genuine and positive. And you really made me feel welcomed into an industry. And that moment really sticks out to me because I don't know if I've even ever told you this, but that moment was something that I remember because I didn't know how to fit in, in this room of people. And I know sometimes people, I roll at influencer brands and people and don't want to take us seriously, but I really appreciate your kindness. And that was so important to me of really like being an introduction into the beauty world. And so I just want to thank you and thank you for being a friend to me ever since then. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I I was so proud of you then, but also just like, honestly, it's my biggest joy. I feel like, you know, all of us kind of like when we realize that like antiquated lesson of like, oh, if someone else wins, it means we don't or something like that. It's like, oh no, it's like, you know, like her victory is your victory. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like one of my biggest, greatest joys is, is championing other, other people, you know, either helping them on their way up or being the wind beneath their wings, helping them fly higher. And I feel like in life, we get what we give, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I've learned that lesson over and over. And I just think like, I don't know. Honestly, it's an, it's an honor to champion you. I'm so proud of you and Lauren, everything you guys are doing. And so, and it's funny because like I was there as another beauty brand, even in skincare. Right. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, and I freaking love jet lag mask from the beginning. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, let me champion these, these incredible human beings doing a really cool, uh, new brand. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. And that memory like really like sticks out 
in my mind and I'm so grateful for you. And it's, it truly speaks to like who you are. And I think people will get that in your new books. So we'd love to hear a little bit about who you are, your background, it cosmetics, and of course your new book. Yes. I'm so excited about the new book. Okay. So, uh, I am, so Jamie Kern Lima, um, I am the founder of a company called it cosmetics and it is a company I started in my living room, uh, with close to no money, not literally not knowing what I was doing in the beauty industry yet. Um, and grew it to over a billion dollar company, um, sold it to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion cash and became the first woman to hold a CEO title in their hundred plus year history. And it's been a crazy journey of going from Denny's waitress and (laughs) working at Safeway grocery store, pushing shopping carts in the parking lot. And, you know, uh, starting with this idea um, after I had like a setback in my own life, I was working eventually as a, a television news anchor and I started getting a skin condition called rosacea. And uh, and that was really trying to solve my own problems and then not being able to find a product that worked for someone with skin like me is kind of what, uh, it was like a setback that turned into a setup <laughs> as so many of our problems in life do, right? Uh, it turned into a setup into what I was really called to do on my journey next. And so over the the past decade, it has been such a journey filled with so much rejection, so many so much opposition. Um, the first three years of our journey, I probably heard hundreds of no's from every beauty retailer, every department store, because they really had this vision to kind of do things differently in the beauty industry. And it was a really tough journey where we got down to under a thousand dollars in our bank account and didn't know how we were going to make it. And, you know, this book is, which I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. It launches this week. Believe it is the name of the book, how to go from underestimated to unstoppable. And it is, you know, my story of going from a girl who didn't believe in herself to learning how to believe in herself from like not trusting herself to learning how to trust herself and from really doubting uh, that she's enough to, to knowing that I'm enough. And I, you know, more than my story, I feel like this book is the story of so many people listening right now who are on their own journey of going, okay, like I know deep down inside, I feel like I'm, you know, meant for more, but like, I still doubt myself. Anyone listening, I finished the book. I marked so many pages. There are so many incredible lessons in here. And so definitely pick it up because it's something I really, really enjoyed reading. And it's one of those books you want to go back and check over and over again when you want to feel re-inspired. And so I'm so excited that it's officially out. So you touched on this a second ago, but you said that you were a server at Denny's. And I know you've shared a picture of this before. And I can relate to that because I was a server at Ruby Tuesdays and I've worked in the food industry. So what skills do you think you learned from that job that's still valuable today? Because I think people have so many different journeys, but each little thing, you kind of pick up something that ultimately helps to the big goal, even if it's a a job that you had a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I definitely at Denny's, at pushing shopping carts, all these, all these jobs I've had, um, I definitely learned the power 
um, of hard work at Denny's specifically, actually, I, uh, I was at a Denny's where they kept having operational issues in the kitchen and the pancakes would sometimes take an hour for people to get. And they'd be so mad that one of the skills I learned, cause I'm like, Oh no, I was working so hard trying to pay my way through school. I'm like, I need a tip. I need a tip. And people would get so mad that I wouldn't get a tip because their pancakes took too long. So I learned how to talk to people. <laughs> like I learned how to be like, you know, how are you? And can I get you a free Sunday? Cause I didn't have to ring up the Sunday in the, in the cabinet. And I'm like, you know what I mean? And so just like it helped me, I think in that skill set of learning to talk to people when stuff that was out of my own control wasn't going well. And then what's funny too, actually, I've never thought about this Mariana until this moment, but like, I'm thinking now to like, when they kept having operational issues in the, in the back with the pancakes, I'm like realizing, oh, if I ever run a business one day, I better figure out the operational side of it. Because if you don't, if you don't have that right, it's like everything else can collapse. And what are some of the other jobs that you had um, before leading up to starting it? You know, I thought like I've kind of, since I was a little girl, I always, I would watch Oprah like literally every day of my life. And I just always, I loved other people's stories. And so I always thought, oh, one day I'll have a talk show or I'll be a reporter where I can tell other people's stories. And that's just kind of like what I've always known. And so after school, I went into journalism and I was working as a a news anchor. And that's when I got hereditary rosacea. And so, uh, which is a bright, you know, bright red skin condition where there's no care for it. And mine would get really bad and there'd be like bumps everywhere. It gets super, super red. And it's so funny how like at the time I thought like, oh my gosh, this is a total setback in my TV career. Like, what am I going to do? Because I'd be anchoring the news under the hot HD lights. And like, I would hear, um, producer saying in my earpiece, like, there's something on your face. You got to wipe it off. There's something on your face because like you're anchoring the news live in a multi-hour show. So, and I knew there wasn't anything on my face. It was just the makeup breaking up under the hot lights. And I went through this season where I was like, like thinking I'm totally screwed. Like, oh my gosh, our viewer is going to change the channel. Like our rating is going to go down. Like, you know, I saw a dermatologist. They're like, there's no cure for it right now. We can help you treat it, but like nothing would work. And anyways, it's, you know, it was a moment in life where I thought it was a setback, but it ended up like being a setup for, for everything that I was, you know, uh, supposed to do next. And, and that job is really where I spent my whole paycheck trying all kinds of foundations, makeup out there, and nothing would work for, for my skin. And I just was like, okay. Um, and, and here's the thing, like deciding to quit the job I thought was my dream job and launch a beauty company was a really tough thing. But like sometimes knowing when to let go of a dream is as important as knowing when to go after one. And I just, it was a moment where I had to truly like tune in, get still, listen to my gut and be like, this doesn't make any sense. I know nothing about this industry and (laughs) I want to be a talk show host my whole life. So what am I doing? But my, it didn't make sense in my mind, but like the one thing I did right was really listen to my gut in that moment and just say, okay, like I'm going to trust it. And that was when I decided to launch It Cosmetics. Let's take a break for a moment to talk about a supplement that I love to start in my morning routine. 
The Nuco is a clean supplement brand who is on a mission to improve people's health by addressing physical, mental, environmental, and social well-being. Their cult status products have received rave reviews from Forbes, Fast Company, Vogue, and GQ, with Business Insider saying their products work better than any other in the market. Their formulas are made using clean and sustainable ingredients, sourced using practices that reinvest into the farming communities, and donate 1% of online sales to Charity Water, helping increase access to clean water in developing communities. Their products cover everything from skin health to gut health and sleep. I've been taking their nootropic, NutroFocus, every morning for a few weeks now, and it's designed to help you with mind fog, improve mental clarity, and focus. Think of it as a multivitamin for your brain, and it's amazing for me in the morning because I have so many things on my to-do list. It definitely helps me power through and do everything I need to do throughout the day. You can get 20% off their supplements using the code MARIANA20 until the end of February. You can visit thenewco.com, and again, that's MARIANA20 for 20% off. Now, let's get back to the episode. What year did you start working on the brand, and what year did you end up launching? Yeah. So in 2007, so this is like the least romantic story in the world, but I, my husband and I were on our honeymoon flight to South Africa and we wrote the business plan for It Cosmetics and we got back and both ended up shortly after, a few months later, both quit our jobs and like literally went all in. And I thought like, oh, I, you know, we have a little bit of savings. Let's like pour this into R&D, making the best product we can, hiring an advisory board that actually knows what they're doing since we don't and all of that. And then I thought, and then, you know, by the time 2008 came around, we officially launched the brand and it was such a journey from there on out. Like anybody out there listening who has a dream or has started their own company and is like, having the toughest time or sales aren't going how they thought, or they're not getting traction. I didn't know that from the moment we launched the company in 2008, like I didn't know it would be three years before I could afford to pay myself. Um, I didn't know that just because you create an amazing product that you've poured your heart and soul into doesn't mean anyone's going to know it exists. And it doesn't mean it's just going to sell. And like the early days were crazy. I didn't know anyone in the beauty industry. And I hired the guy that does the graphics at my TV news station that I used to work with to come into my living room every morning. And he'd, oh, he'd, Mariana, he'd, he'd only done those like maps on the news that show you like the crime, you know, <laughs> like the crime scene, like yeah. the murder happened here. Like he knew how to do those <sighs> graphics, but he was the only person I knew. And so every morning it was like 4 a.m. He'd come to my living room with his desktop. He'd pull it out of the back of his trunk. It was this huge desktop. And we'd sit in my living room and design packaging. And uh, and then he'd go to his regular job all day. And that was how the first packaging of It Cosmetics was designed. I was sitting there like on the floor Googling like FDA regulatory compliance. Like how the heck do I freaking build, like do a label on I had no idea. <laughs> and it's funny because in all of our early meetings with retailers, they'd all tell me like your packaging sucks. And then I'd be like, and I'm like, I poured my heart and soul into this packaging, uh-huh. <laughs> like, but, th- but thank you for your feedback. And anyways, my husband bought that book, HTML for dummies and literally built our entire first website. And I thought, because, okay, all these retailers are saying no, that they don't, you know, they don't think our product's the right fit. They don't like the brand messaging. They didn't like that. I was wanting to use real people as models. 
Um, and, and, and they just, at the time that wasn't being done and everyone was saying no. And I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to launch our website and then it's going to be huge because the product really works. <laughs> and so like, I'll never forget like the day our site went live. I was like a kid on Christmas morning. I'm like, this is going to be huge. I was so freaking excited. And then the website for itcosmetics.com went live and like no orders. And I was like, no way. And then day two, no orders. Day three, no orders. Weeks into this, no orders. And finally, for any of your listeners who like work with a friend or a partner, I did what it were so easy to do. I went to my husband. I'm like, it's broken and you didn't do it right. I'm like, there's no way you built this website right. And we're getting no orders. And then more time went by. And all of a sudden we got our very first order. And I was like running around the living room screaming. And I was so freaking excited. And then he says to me, he goes, that was me. He goes, I placed the order to prove to you our website's not broken. And I was like, oh, and it was so hard because we did not get traction for the longest time. And the big thing is like, you know, for everyone listening, it's like so many of us can share this in that we go through seasons where there's like no proof around us that our idea is going to be successful. And there's like no, like no experts are saying, oh, this is amazing. I want to invest in you. I want to believe in you. Right. And sometimes it's our own friends and family where they're like, oh, you're doing that? Like, are you sure? Like, right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, these are like some of the most important moments in life. I think where on all of our own journey of learning to trust ourselves, they're the moments that can change our life. You know, the moments where we go, okay, do I listen to everything else out there that's saying like, that there's no proof, there's no signs that, that this is, what I'm supposed to be doing? Or do I really try and get still and listen to my gut and check in and say like, is this, am I on the right path? Like, I don't see any proof that I am, but like, let me just check. Does this feel right in my gut? Am I supposed to keep going? And when we do that, then that's how you know, am I where I'm supposed to be? Does it feel right in my gut? I know there's mm -hmm. no proof around me, but is this the dream I'm supposed to go after? And, you know, and again, for everyone listening, maybe like they have this gut feeling like they're supposed to start painting again, or they're supposed to start writing the book, or they're supposed to launch a podcast or, you know, you kind of know when you check in deep down inside and so easy, it's so easy in life to just like, oh, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. I'm going to listen to everyone else. And, and it's easier to do that than to step out and take a risk. But like, I believe when we do that and, and we stay in our comfort zone, it literally can chip away at our soul. And I think that it's so important just to really, really work on that, like tuning into that knowing because every person, no matter who you are, has that knowing deep down inside of the person you're born to be and what step you take next that feels right, like you're heading in that right direction. And that can be really discouraging for people, especially now if you launch a brand online, you put your heart and soul into it and no orders come in for a few weeks. When that happened, did you ever think to yourself that you made a mistake or that you should give up? Yeah, so many times. I've thought to myself so many times. When I look back, yeah, I worked really, really hard. And yeah, I didn't give up every time I got knocked down. 
But like, to me, that's the price of admission for being an entrepreneur, right? Just that, like the single greatest thing I think I did when it's like going from, you know, a struggling waitress to, to, to eventually in the journey, billion dollar entrepreneur is like, I made the decision to believe that I could. And to me, that is what makes all the difference. And in so many people, and it's like, I really feel that every person has a calling or something on their heart, or they know that they're born or created for more. But like, we all struggle with still doubting it anyway, and doubting ourselves anyway. The reason I wrote this entire book is because is, is for everybody who's on that journey right now, who's, who knows they, they were created for more and that there, there's more they have to give, to serve, to love, to create, but they're struggling with like doubting themselves anyway. And when I look back on my journey, all the times I decided to doubt myself, listen to my own self-doubt in my head, listen to other people's opinions and put experts on a pedestal instead of my own gut. <laughs> when I look back, that's when I made all the mistakes. Like in the times where I just was like, F it, I'm going to listen to my own gut this time, even though everyone's telling me it's not going to work. I'm going to go with it full speed ahead. I'm going to trust myself. Those are the times when some of the most important moments happened in the trajectory of It Cosmetics. Let's pause for a second to talk about stress. I've always got so much going on and my mind is racing with a never-ending to-do list. This is where magnesium comes in. Magnesium supports over 300 essential functions in the human body, regulating mood, brain function, fatigue, nerve and muscle health, as well as our physical response to stress. You can incorporate it so easily into your daily routine with Mellow. It is a magnesium super blend and you can use it daily for mind, body, and mood. Mellow is specifically formulated to replenish your body's magnesium levels at a cellular level, simply and naturally while regulating feelings of stress and anxiety and the physical symptoms that come along with them. As many as 75% of U.S. adults do not get the magnesium they need in a day, and magnesium deficiency can lead to issues that create more issues, including mood disorders, sleep problems, muscle cramps, and the inability to absorb essential vitamins and nutrients like vitamin D. By adding it into your daily routine, the benefits for the mind are it improves memory and brain function, for the body facilitates nerve health, muscle health, and restful sleep, and for your mood, it regulates physical stress responses and decreases anxiety. If you want to check out Mellow, we have a special offer for my podcast audience. Go to helloned.com slash life or enter life at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash life to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thanks. And now let's get back to the episode. Uh area of the book that I love is about rejection because I feel like it's happens to so many of us and you really speak more about it in the book. But a quote that I love that you have in there is sometimes those no's are actually serendipitous grace wrapped up in a package labeled painful rejection. So I want to talk to you about that because it's because it is a huge part of your book and your story and it's something so many people deal with. So what were some of those barriers and obstacles you had to overcome? Because I know you really had to hustle to get into retailers, but it is frustrating when people like Sephora all to QVC are telling you no, or when you're trying to raise money and people are telling you no. And frankly, some of the things specifically that one man said to you, I, I could not believe 
that these people were saying these things to your face and how do you deal with that rejection without being discouraged? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's such a great question. And I think so many people share these rejections and a lot of people hide them because they think like, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed or I don't want other people to doubt me too. So I'm not going to share that I just got rejected or this big no, right? But we all have those same feelings. And so I share so many stories in in this book and many of them I've never shared before about this type of opposition on the journey and like now what I believe to be true about all of it for all of us, right? I really believe that our setbacks are our setups for, for us to be strong enough to be able to handle the weight of our successes one day when we finally get them because successes aren't easy either. You know what I mean? And I think that, um, oh gosh, I have so many stories, but the one that you just mentioned is, you know, such a, and so many of them are full circle moments, right? We just don't realize it at the time. At the time, it sucks when people uh, hurt us, say, say things, don't believe in us. So I, um, a little while into to our company, I didn't know how we were going to make it. We were down under $1,000 in our bank account and we got a super incredible phone call from a private equity company. And I was so excited, Mariana. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Because this particular private equity company had invested in and made tons of brands, pre-revenue brands even, tons of consumer product companies into huge household names. Like a lot of the products you and I like buy at the grocery store, like they've helped create their huge successes. And I was so excited. They loved our products and all that. And so we flew up and we did, we started meetings with them and, you know, pitched our hearts out, started the diligence process, which is where they look at your projections and everything else. And we got down to the final meeting and flew in for it. And I was so excited because I thought, oh my gosh, if they invest in us, A, I'm not going to go bankrupt. (laughs) And B, like, oh, they probably have leverage. They can help us get into these retailers that are all saying no to me. Like I was so excited. And I'll never forget this moment. It was the, 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 the last day where I thought we were flying in to have like our lives change and, and start this new partnership. And the head guy, um, he was standing about three feet from me and my husband was right on the other side of me. And he says, you know, thank you for everything. Like love your products, all that kind of stuff. And he says, I need to let you know, like we've decided to pass on investing in it cosmetics. It's a no. And I was like, okay. And I, you know, I've heard no a million times at that point. So I was used to hearing no. And I said to him, can you share with me why, you know, and, and, you know, cause feedback's a gift usually, <laughs> usually it is. And he looked at me and he said, do you want me to be honest with you? And I said, yes, yes, please be honest. And he said, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you, you know, with your body and your weight. And I remember this moment and I remember like watching his mouth move. It felt like his mouth was moving in slow motion, like while the words were coming out. And I just, I felt my whole body like flood with like a lifetime of body doubt and self-doubt. And it was like, I was like staring my own fear in the eyes, looking into his. And it was like, these words were coming out of his mouth. And I just remember like, A, I didn't even get mad. I just felt this deep thing in my gut that said he's wrong. And that I also knew though, in that moment that if I was ever, ever going to prove it, like I needed to figure out also how to truly believe it for myself. And, you know, 
this dude saying these things to me in a weird way was like reaffirming of my deep why for creating it cosmetics, but like him passing on investing in my company because of my weight in a weird way, it reaffirmed my why. Cause he is just a byproduct of everything we've seen our whole lives in the beauty industry. And I realized, wow, he's passing on investing in me because he also believes that you have to only look one way to sell a product. And so, you know, for me, it was like, okay, like it fueled my why. And meanwhile, fast forward <laughs> a lot of years and a lot of hundred hour weeks, we did partner years later with another private equity company who could care less about my weight, TSG Consumer Partners, who was awesome and had the best experience. We, you know, got into all the retail stores, all that. And when we sold our business to L'Oreal in 2016, I, it was a, the largest acquisition, U.S. acquisition in their history. And I got an email from this guy and he said, congratulations, I was wrong. And the funny thing, not funny, but two things about full circle moments on how we handle our hardships. Okay. One is that just for fun, like had he actually invested, it would have ended up being his firm's most successful investment in their history, which is just kind of fun. But anyways, um, the other thing is like, oh my gosh, Mariana, like had he invested in us, we were so small. I was so desperate. We had no money. I would have like given him like so much of the company, like for anything. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, instead we share it. We ended up because of all these no's and because no one even wanted us. By the time we did take on investors, by the, all those things, we stayed the largest shareholder um, the whole time, all the way through to the sale. And so it's like, oh my gosh, when I talk about sometimes your question, sometimes these painful no's are actually serendipitous grace uh, wrapped in this package labeled painful rejection. It's like, I have so many stories in this book of, of how had things gone my way when I wanted them to, it would not have been the best outcome for me long-term, right? Like had he said yes and not cared about what my weight was, I, it, the, my whole future would be so different. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, oh my gosh. And so I just think it's hard to stay in faith at the time. It's hard for us to believe that the really tough shit happening to us is part of our destiny. So from that rejection, you know, your career has been incredible and now, you know, building a billion dollar brand. And we have to talk about the Forbes list because you are on the Forbes richest self-made woman's list, which is such an accomplishment that is well-earned and deserved. But I think, you know, you touch on this in the book and it's something that I struggle with myself, but I feel uncomfortable talking about money, even if it's well-deserved and you earned it and it's, you know, something you worked for. So like, where does your confidence or confidence come from? Or how are you comfortable speaking about that? Because you've earned it. You should be proud of it. And it's something that I struggle with. So I, I feel almost shy to share. It, and I feel like women, a lot of times in general do. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, here's why I'm excited about the Forbes Richest Self-Made Women's List because you are next on it. <laughs> Just going to put that out there right now. Um, so yeah, I had a big epiphany around this and I'm embarrassed to share this story, but maybe, maybe this will also 
be an aha moment for other people listening like it was for me. When I got a phone call and then an email to our whole PR team at Cosmetics saying, Jamie is from Forbes, saying Jamie is going to be on the Forbes richest, I think it was 60 richest self-made women in the country. I immediately said, no, I don't want to be on the list. I'm not going to comment. Don't want to be on the list. No. And then we got an email back from the reporter saying, well, um, that's okay if she doesn't want to comment, but we have, you know, the way that we make this list is actually, we really gather a lot of data from credible sources and she's going to be on this list no matter what, whether she comments or not. And there's going to be an estimate of her net worth on it. Okay. I'm standing there in my office. Meanwhile, like faith is a big deal to me. I believe God is the guiding force in my journey. All those things, yet I'm standing in my office. Like I'm, I was so upset. I, and the words coming out of my mouth, like my grandma would be mortified. I was so upset about it and embarrassed. And I'm like, how is this going to impact my life? I never talk about things like this. I was mortified. Now, why this happened is because it was the night before the sale. You know, L'Oreal is a public company. And so they have so many regulations and they decided to announce the purchase price of the deal when they announced the deal happening. So uh, it made the homepage of the Wall Street Journal, all these things. And so that was out there. But somehow, whether it was through bankers or lawyers, I'm not sure, Forbes had an estimate of net worth and they were going to print it. There was nothing I could do about it. And I was so upset and mortified. And um, I just like, I the way I was raised is like, you don't talk about money. You don't talk about your medical records. Like there's just stuff people don't talk about. Right. And like anyone who talks about that stuff, I always thought like, oh, they're a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever, or they're insecure and they need to talk, whatever it is. So I told the reporter, I'd never comment about net worth. And I said, but like, I would love it if you tell the cosmetic story, help drive awareness for us. But like, I would never, I'm never going to comment about money. And two things happened. She said to me, which is kind of funny. She said, um, okay, I understand this is really common. Actually, a lot of times women on the list don't want to talk about it. They don't want to comment. And she's like, it's really different for, for the, the men on the list. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, a lot of times the women don't want to be on it. She goes, but it's really like the opposite for a lot of the men. She goes, a lot of times when they find out they're on it, they call and try to argue for their own net worth number to be higher. And then they start sending in proof of like all their assets and everything, trying to get higher on the list. I'm like, huh, interesting. And so anyhow, I kind of processed that a little bit, but I kept hiding this. And uh, the second year happened and the third year happened of making this list. And Mariana, it's like embarrassing what I did, but I Anytime I would do like a big keynote speech at a huge event or whatever, and they would have this bio that they'd want to read about me for my intro, I'd have my PR team have them change it. So it didn't say Forbes Richest Self-Made Women's List. I had them change it to say uh, most successful list, like, like, like most successful women. And then all of a sudden, and this is so recent, uh, and I talk a lot about this epiphany I had in the book because it's really a life epiphany. I realized, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Like me growing up as a little girl, you know, <laughs> struggling with like needing, you know, and I was a, a adopted, I found out by surprise, all these things. I was like, I had this inkling inside me that like, okay, where I come from doesn't have to determine where I'm going, right? And when I watched people like Oprah in my living room, 
And I saw everything that she has been able to build and her empire and her influence and how many people she's of service to. When I see her, she doesn't hide her success, right? When I see her, I see her as an example of what's possible, right? And I had this massive aha moment where I realized, oh my gosh, I'm dimming my own light. I am dimming my light because I'm, I've been taught and I, and that, that it's humble and it's polite and it's the right thing to do. And I realized, oh, wow, when we dim our own light, we hide the example of what's possible for other people for other women, for other little girls out there, right? Like had Oprah ever dimmed her own light, I would have been raised not seeing that example that I thought was possible one day, you know? It was just this moment where I realized, wow. And, and you know, this can pertain to women, to men, to uh, however anyone identifies. It really can pertain to everybody. But I had this moment where I realized for me personally, I had learned to bond with other people over problems and not to celebrate our successes. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I'd be like, oh, these jeans don't fit today. And then someone else would be like, oh, me too. Or, oh, my house is a disaster. Oh, I'm a hot mess or, right. And we bond that way. But like the person that's like, oh, I just had this big win or I just had the success or I did that they almost risk being excluded or not bonding. And I just realized this has got to change because I want every little girl out there and every person out there to not dim their own light, yet I'm sitting there dimming my own light. You know what I mean? And so it was just this moment where I said, I'm going to do it different. And I, and I, and I, I finally stopped hiding that, that word. And I obviously don't bring it up, but I talk about the lesson of it in the book because I think it's really powerful. And I think that so many of us were raised in this, you know, especially for women, especially for women, but it can be anybody, but so many of us have really well-intended women in our families of multiple generations that teach us that it's humble to dim our own light. And I understand it. And it's how I was raised also. And it seems polite and it seems courteous, but I just, I just made the decision that I've got one life as far as I know, (laughs) and I don't want to rob anyone else of giving everything I can possibly give of being of service in any way I can possibly be of service. And part of that might just be, oh yeah, this happened to me. Isn't this cool? And it's seen as an, it's seen as like what's possible for maybe someone else who's right now struggling to launch their own dream. You know what I mean? So for me, it was a really big aha moment. Well, I have to say by you sharing your story, I, I think I've texted you a picture of this before, but there's a picture of you that was in a magazine and I think you're sitting at a desk and I cut it out and I had it on my vision board a few years ago before I even met you as like an inspiration. So that picture of that woman who's successful sitting at a desk, it oh, worked. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you always inspired by your story. There's something else you talk about in the book too, which is like balance isn't possible because something has to give. And at the time you were working, you know, putting in a hundred hour weeks and you were missing weddings and birthdays and holidays. Do you think it was necessary to put in that much work to get to where you are today? Or do you think that people can start businesses now without having to get burnout? Yeah. I, I would say looking back on my journey, one of the biggest things that I did wrong 
was I worked too much and I drove myself too hard. And honestly, I do not think you need to work 100 hour weeks. I don't think you need to work 40 hour weeks if you don't want to, to step into your calling. And I think that when I look back on it, I had heard no for so many years. I had, you know, gone through that experience where I was like down to under thousand dollars in a bank account. And by the time we got a yes, like from that moment forward, I always thought like, oh my gosh, I got to strike while the iron's hot because what if this all comes crashing down at any moment? And that's like a level million adrenaline to have that feeling. And I sustained that feeling almost like an energizer bunny for a decade. And I always felt like, oh my gosh, like what if, you know, and it was just like, you know, and with QVC, you kind of all, you see your, your sales numbers in real time. And you know, at any moment, if you miss a sales goal, you may not, you might've just lost a product on the air. You know what I mean? Like you might not get welcome back for that product anymore. And everything was just, I was driving it so hard because A, I don't come from the type of success that that, that I've had with it cosmetics. I've never seen it in my life. I've never seen examples of it. And so I think because of that, I couldn't believe it almost during this journey at so many points mm. in the journey. And I felt like, oh my gosh, like, is this real? <laughs> and there was just those moments. And I just kept driving so hard. And I now have the blessing of knowing so many people that have accomplished so much, their wildest dreams, and they did not work those kind of hours. And they got to see their family. They chose, it's all a choice, right? They chose to enjoy life and all of those things. And so, you know, when I look back, I think would I've had the same outcome, not working as hard. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would have, it may have just taken a little longer, right? To have it, but I do think it's possible. And the other thing is like, I pray every day that I did not damage my health, right? Because I mean, hundred hour weeks for 10 years is not good. It's not. And, and, and the kind of hours that we did at QVC, like I did, um, 250 live shows a year myself for eight years, year after year after year. And so, and those are all hours of the day and night and they're all live. And then I was like, we scaled to up to over a thousand employees across the country and was trying to do it all from the green room. And it was a crazy journey filled with a lot of hard work. And I think that, you know, when I talk about like why I wrote this book to help, to truly help every person go from not believing themselves to believing in themselves. And part of this journey was I didn't believe this was really happening and I was worthy of my own success and that the success happening to me, right? It was another form of imposter syndrome. And I eventually got to the point where I learned to believe it (laughs) and I started making better decisions. And I decided, you know what? Because I was raised with parents who worked so hard and they weren't around a lot because they were working so hard all the time. And I had this epiphany like, oh my gosh, I'm about to repeat the same pattern if I don't change something. And when we, um, you know, we went through 10 years of not being able to get pregnant. And I think part of that was probably because of all the stress and the crazy hours. 
And so we eventually had our first baby girl named Wonder. And that journey, I was just like, I'm not going to repeat the same pattern I was raised in. And I also realized, and I share some really fun stories in the book of like that big, that big Oscars party I was at where Meg Whitman said something to me that changed my life forever in terms of balance and me realizing, oh my gosh, you know, if we really think we're supposed to do everything in balance, like we're always going to feel like we're failing and something always has to give. And when I learned that lesson, it helped me make better decisions on, okay, whatever you do in life right now comes at the expense of what you could be doing in the time it takes. Right. And so it's a big thing to wrap our heads around. So for me, it was like, okay, you know, I look back at my journey and I, you know, for several years of the company, I got, I had like 20 pairs, of the exact same black pants and black shirt, unknowingly started doing it every day unintentionally. And I realized it's because, oh, something had to give. That was one less decision every day. And I could focus on ideating a new product or whatever it was. And, but like, I wasn't willing to trade seeing my daughter anymore for more success. Right. And I just have these epiphanies that everything that we do comes at the price of what we could be, what else we could be doing in that time. And it was just a big moment. But that's the funny thing is this book is so many like big picture life lessons. And of course those impact business, but it's really just like a journey (laughs) of like learning to go, you know, just learning to, to step into all that we're created to be by learning to trust ourselves and believe in ourselves and know that we're enough. It's really a story for everyone out there who is, you know, ever doubted themselves or, or been told by other people they're not enough. And it's like, how do you break through that noise and, and truly, you know, on your, on your own journey to, to knowing mm-hmm. it's possible to, to, to be, become the person you know you're born to be. And you were just saying that, and there's something in your book that I, I never had seen it verbalized or, you know, written before, but it was talking about being born destined for greatness and like this feeling that you had. And it's a feeling that I had ever since I was little. And I, I never knew how to quite put it into words. I just knew there was a feeling inside of me that I felt I was supposed to do something big. And, you know, I'm from Ohio, I'm from a small town. I'm not from a place where a lot of people were supportive of big goals and dreams. I remember telling one of my roommates in college, like she said, what do you want to do when you graduate from school? And I told her, and she was like, no, but like, what's your, what do you really want to do? Like not your dreams. And I was like, no, that's what I really want to do. And for me, I always felt like these bigger things were possible. And because of women like you and Oprah and all these other people, I saw women who were doing the things I wanted to do. And I thought if they can do it, I can too. And so I'm so honored that you're on the podcast today and that you have your book out available now so people can be inspired by your story and see that it is possible because you did it despite all the rejections and the no's and the hard work that you put in. And you're such an inspiration. Thank you for being my friend and mentor. And I'm so glad people are going to be able to learn from you now. Oh, I'm so excited too. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my friend and also my mentor. I asked (laughs) you for advice on stuff too. And like, I'm so grateful. And you know, the end of the day, like we're all in this together. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I had a big epiphany. I I talk about this even in the book where I like for so long, my whole life, I thought independence was a badge of honor. I'll do everything on my own. I'll show up for me. And like, I eventually realized through a crazy story in the book I've never shared before, but I realized like, oh, being a lone wolf, it like, it can actually come from like a deep seated fear. We're not worthy of other people showing up for us. And I had this amazing epiphany and I just I've realized through my journey, the power of community and the power of 
really, truly, authentically celebrating other people's successes and championing them on their own journeys. And anyways, my prayer is this book is a champion to every person reading it and and really impacts you and is of service and hope and inspiration on your own journey to becoming all that you're born to be. And I'm so excited to share it with you, Mariana, and your whole community. And yeah, there's the um, exciting, all the free stuff for launch week on believeit.com. So I hope everyone checks it out. You get the free course and the free workbook and all that kind of stuff. I'm super excited. Thank you for the honor to you of just sharing your time uh, with me and, and everyone listening as well. Thank you. So everyone go pick up the book and thank you, Jamie, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.